I am personally very much a Blessed Mother follower, which from the look of you, of your tattoo, I'm imagining you oh, are yeah. as well. Yeah, Mary, yeah. even though I'm not Catholic, but I love religious I'm not art. Catholic yeah. either, but I am an absolute devotee of our Blessed Mother and, um, and mm-hmm. actually pray the rosary on a regular basis, which I find to be a spectacular well, a, way to she, connect with her. Uh, like a master guide for some? Yeah. 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 Hey everybody, welcome to Lauren.Live, the spirituality and health podcast. I've got Jennifer Moore with me. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Lauren. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I am happy to have you. So Jennifer is an author, an empath, a mentor. Um, she is a um she works with E. Is it EFT? EFT. Yeah, yes. stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques. Yep. Yeah, and so much more. Um, I really want you to just take this the stand and tell us more about yourself. Obviously, you have a book that we're going to talk about, and I think today we'll really focus on. You know, people have heard those terms, but what's the difference between empathy, like having empathy, and then being an empath? There's a lot of you know that goes into that. So, um, but first just tell us a little bit more about yourself and then how you started tapping into this world and how did you learn that you were an empath? So my name is Jennifer Moore. And as you were saying, I'm the author of the book empathic mastery, which is a five-step system to go from emotional hot mess to thriving success. And it's kind of autobiographical because it really is about what I have what, you know, my own journey with being highly sensitive. And I also, as you said, I'm a trainer. I work with EFT. I'm actually a master trainer for EFT International. So I teach other people how to be impeccable EFT practitioners. And I work with a lot of people, both in groups and one-on-one, helping them to really learn how to go from taking on all the thoughts, feelings, energy, sensations of the world around them to being able to use their gifts to help the world, to be beacons for calm, love and healing, and just really putting it out there. And so that's what I do now, and that's who I am now. I live in Maine with my husband and our pug, Lilu, and our two cats, Neo and Livy, who the door is cracked open, so you may see some cats flying behind me (laughs) at some point in the not terribly distant future. And in case you're curious, Lilu is quietly lying right next to me. Um, and uh, she's generally very quiet, except when there are dogs on TV, which she goes completely banana whackers. We yes. can't watch cartoons with pet animals in it because she oh loses gosh. it. Um, and so that's my life now, which is really quite amazing. And I'm really, really grateful for it. So sort of to give you a little bit of backstory, I grew up in Massachusetts in a lily white suburb of Boston where we had more churches and banks than anything else. And I was, you know, I had all of on outs from the outside looking in, it was like just a an idyllic child life in America. It was like the perfect childhood life. But I 
from a very early age was super, super sensitive. I was very, I had a lot of social anxiety. I was really imaginative. I was easily just set off. I was almost always the last or second to last person picked for any kind of sporting thing. And I got a message very early, both from the adults in my life who were basically saying, you know, you're overreacting, you're being too sensitive, you've got an overactive imagination. And the children in my life who were saying, you're weird, you're different, you're not the same as the rest of us. And, and so I knew that I was different, but I didn't necessarily understand what that means or, you know, how to navigate being different. And it wasn't until I was really lucky because I think it was like, I mean, I, I became really, I had my first sort of prophetic dream at the age of nine, but I had it in a way that is so classically empath, you know, an empath's experience because and I'm sort of jumping ahead of myself, but I had a dream basically where I dreamed my mom died, but it was on the night that my very first best friend's mother had died. And I knew that there was a connection there. I knew that this was, this was what it, what, that there was, there was a direct connection. And that was kind of the thing that sort of got me going and going, you know, there's something about me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's something different about me. And I started to just like spend my time as soon as I got adult library priv privileges, you know, which was like such a rite of passage for me, being able to go into the stacks upstairs instead of in the children's library. But I spent a lot of time like in the paranormal book section. I spent a lot of time trying to learn, trying to understand, trying to know what the deal was. So but and then, you know, there was Star Trek and examples of empaths on the media. And then it was like when I was about I was about 17 years old, I met another person who identified as an empath. He was science fiction -y kind of guy. And he just was like, you're an empath. I'm an empath. And I accepted it. It just rang true. I knew he was saying I knew he was speaking the truth. And so unlike a lot of people I meet, I knew that I was an empath from a very early age. I didn't understand the ramifications of it, but I did know that I was one. Whereas I will just say, I meet so many people, even before you and I jumped on, you were saying, well, I have some of the characteristics, but I'm not sure if I have all of them. I find because of the culture we live in, many of us downplay how empathic we are and how much of an empath we are because I do not know a single empath who has not been told that they are too sensitive, that they are overreacting, that they're taking it too personally, that they have an overactive imagination and all of the other stuff. And so what I find is that, you know, sort of the first step to empathic mastery, you know, and there's in the five steps recognizes the first step, but, you know, and ultimately it's recognizing what's mine, what's not mine. But the first step to recognize is even recognizing ourselves as empaths. Mm -hmm. So that was, I know, a big, big, big mouthful. <laughs> Yeah, you were following well, along right with me. Thank you. And I, I will, jo I'm, jo I'm kind of joking, but it's serious. Um, 
I haven't told in past relationships I was too sensitive. So just throwing that in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. 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 I'm not sure. Yeah. It's sort of like how many times have we been told? You're or just you're too sensitive. You're too emotional. And I'm like, sorry yeah. that I feel things like, you know, but yeah. um, but no, thank you for sharing your story. And, yeah. uh, you know, um, it's just good to, to get a background. Um, yeah. I'm trying to figure out if I want to ask this first or let's first, let's de- like kind of more defined to get more familiar for people that maybe don't really know. So what is the difference between being empathetic? Most humans, unless you're like a psycho serial killer, and maybe you still have some, but there is lack of empathy is usually a diagnosis. Well, yeah. Most humans do have empathy and it can range of course, but you know, mm-hmm. it's something we're born with. I mean, having empathy for one another. And so what's the difference between empathy and then being an empath? Okay. So I'm going to start with, so in my experience, there is a spectrum and the spectrum on one side, we have the psychopaths that you were mentioning, the sociopaths and the psychopaths who really do have no empathy whatsoever. And recently we've been watching a series on Hulu called The Patient that stars Steve Carell and Domhnall Gleeson. And it's interesting because it's, I mean, it's, it's really, really well done and it's really compelling. It's a little disturbing because basically Donald Gleason plays a serial killer who decides he wants to get better. So he goes to see a therapist, but then in serial killer fashion, kidnaps the therapist and keeps him, you know, imprisoned in his basement while his codependent mother upstairs is sort of like, honey, just don't do that. Um, But it is the reason I mention it is that it really is an incredible example of what it is like to be a person with no empathy whatsoever. So we have the people on one side where you've got the people who are completely devoid of empathy, you know, the people who just really like they just don't see anything outside of themselves. And, you know, and within that category or just past that category, I'd say then you start going into kind of people who are like selfish or narcissists. And then you have kind of your bell curve of sort of your average human being, you know, some people would call muggles who are who are, you know, capable of compassion, capable of sympathy, capable of empathy, and to some extent or another, you know, like like either just a little bit or a lot, really capable of putting themselves in another person's shoes and imagining how it would be to be in that situation. Then we have basically the people who are or who have the capacity to really empathize and what I find is that empathize, like empathy, I think gives that we still have a sense of distance from the per, from other people when we have empathy, that we still understand, like, I, I, I have empathy for that person who's going through that experience. I under, I can imagine how hard it is, but I'm not feeling that. Whereas as we empathize, I think we start engaging with what that other person is feeling on a deeper level that we kind of actually like, not just imagine it intellectually, but sort of emotionally imagine it as well. But then empaths, interestingly, often are so the thing about the difference between from my perspective about being having empathy or empathizing as an action as a verb versus being an empath is that empaths and they could be anybody including animals and you know creatures can be empaths empaths absorb empaths like 
intuitives, like mediums, like people with any of the clairs, like psychics, like um, channels, empaths are a kind of being that is more open to receiving the unseen, unspoken information that is coming from the world than your average person is. But unlike all of these other distinct, these distinctions, the empath picks up and absorbs the thoughts, the feelings, the energy, the sensations, the stress, you know, the, the, the struggles, you name it. And even the physical health issues or the pain sometimes and experiences it. But the thing is, picks it up from the outside world, but then experiences it through their own sensory filters as if it's their own. And that is the big thing about being an empath. And you can have empaths and in, in the same way that there's a big spectrum within empath, you have the spectrum. You have the empaths who go to work and feel out of sorts because their boss is having a hard day, but they're not necessarily feeling everything. Then you have the empaths who are more sensitive to kind of their general environment in the world around them and are feeling sort of anything that is going on regionally or locally. And then you've got people who are picking up on the intensity that is going on on a global level and experiencing stuff. And so, for example, like with the queen stuff, there were a lot of people who were have been who were feeling really just feeling the global grief, but also the gro- global you know, like confusion and and conflicts and energy that's been going around with it. Um, Or the Florida, the hurricanes that are, that have been going on in Florida, a lot of people picking up on the worry, the fear, the distress, the intensity. Then you've got people who are, are beings who are so sensitive that they are picking up not just the information that's coming from right here, right now, but they're picking up on the energy that is coming from, they could be picking up on energy from the past. They could be like reading stuff that's coming in from the past. They can be picking up on energy that is going on currently, and they can be picking up on energy that is about, that is to come, where they're feeling the ripples from the future. And some of these empaths can be so extreme or so, you know, that, that it's not just limited to sort of, so they're, they're not limited to this time, but then also some people are just not even limited to this space where they can be picking up on stuff that is going on, on a galactic level. And so it is very much an extreme, but at the very extreme side of this, the extreme empath, it can be very, very hard to have empathy um, and, but also just to navigate the world because you don't know what's yours. You don't know, like you, it can be very hard to know what ends, what end is up. Like, where are we in time? Where are we in space? What am I actually feeling? So it, so that's a long answer to sort of two pieces of what is an empath, somebody who is taking on the thoughts, feelings, energy, sensations from the world around them. And then what is the difference between being an empath and empathy? Right. No, yeah. that was perfect. Thank you. Um, makes so much sense. Yeah, I feel like I've had that before where I f- I'm feeling really like sad or upset or agitated, Yeah, but nothing in my life is weird exactly. and no one that I know here. And I always wonder, is that like a past life? Am I picking up on something in another realm? Maybe something else in another part of the world? It's like you can't explain it, but you're feeling these feelings. 
and it's not been extreme. You know, I know for some people that are like empaths, like you said, it's like they can't even function barely, but I feel like I've had that come through. And I always wonder like, hmm, is this, or am I feeling somebody else's right grief or struggle? So that's interesting to be conscious to if people feel that maybe that's something to explore, like what, you know, maybe try to tap into it if you're curious. Right, right, right. Well, and the thing that is, you know, where, you know, where psychics and mediums and intuitives will get those kind of premonitions, but they'll know it's coming from the outside world. And they will also often have at least some kind of sense of like where it's coming from and what's going on. For the, for us, when we are taking things in on a much more felt experience, you know, felt sense, it's not necessarily like, cogn- you know, it's not like claircognizance where you just suddenly know things, but it's much more of a, like, it's like you are processing the experience often that is the emotional experience that's rippling backwards from the future because of an intense event. The thing is that a lot of times as empaths, we we might have some general sense of something. Maybe we've got it like, oh, this is going to be weather related or this is going to be politically related. But it is in my experience and in talking with people, we usually get that feeling of uneasiness, but we can't put our finger on it. But we also may or may not have any idea what it is specifically in relation to. And that so it's sort of like you know okay i know something's coming i need to buckle up batten down the hatches Mm. but like do i need to get extra bottles of water and toilet paper (laughs) or do i need to um go you know dig out you know do i need to go down into a bunker like it it can be confusing what you want to do yeah yeah and so this is a good segue and i ask almost every guest but really this is perfect to ask you because it's so relevant um what you know what's your take on what's going on in the world energetically that's a big question take it where you want but there's always been craziness in the world there's always been craziness in history but lately there's definitely i think most people can agree and especially people that are interested in spirituality or that are psychics or clairvoyance or whatever or empaths or whatever Mm -hmm. there's a lot going on in a quick amount of time can't keep up. There's a lot of growth and opportunity and good stuff, but there's a lot of chaos and crumbling. Okay. So what's your take on first, like what's just going on energetically? And then two, how do we deal with this? How do we because deal with this? this? Is okay, wild. So, <laughs> so um, this is, this is, we could spend hours yes, talking about this could. particular topic alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really lucky. I, I actually channeled the man, you know, the rough draft of a manuscript over the course of a week in July where my spirit guides um, were talking about all of this. Like the book is really about like what the, ever loving F is going on right now. Um, So first off, you said it so accurately. No, like we are definitely in a time. We are definitely in a time. And I think what is really interesting is that so many things are coming to a head right now. And what my, what my guides and sort of like they they call themselves, they're like, if you need to give us a name, we're the council of we, W E like we are. Um, And so the council basically were like, you as a species have been in like a five 
thousand year learning process where sort of emotionally, mentally, spiritually, you kind of been in a retrograde where you've been in sort of this experience, like your planet has been sort of in a retrograde. And what's interesting is retrogrades are not literally the planet is moving in the opposite direction. It's all about perspective in a way. Um, And so it's sort of like we've been kind of in a galactic retrograde. And it has been a time for us as a species to forget that we are interconnected, that we are cells in the body of this earth, and that we are all one. And we have, as a result, we have been able to engage in a level of cruelty and a level of um, of, of dominance and power over that does not serve us or the planet. And what we are doing right now is that we are moving out of that, we are pivoting into awareness, but where we started as with our consciousness, knowing we were all interconnected and all one, but not necessarily with um, conscious awareness of choice and, and autonomy and sovereignty. What we're being invited to step back into is awareness that we are interconnected in all one, that we are cells in the body of this earth. And really ultimately this planet is a cell in the body of the solar system. And the solar system is a cell in the body of the galaxy of, and, you know, and the, and, and the galaxy is a, a cell in the body of the universe that as we, as that, that we are coming to understand that we are part of this, but at the same time to have self-awareness and sovereignty. And so we are being invited to sort of have a both and where we've had the two and now we're being invited to step into this new way of being. But if you've ever seen one of my favorite explanations of what's going on right now is that if you look up like somatic, if you look up, like, I'm trying to think of what they, like, there's these like videos that you can find about somatic frequency where you have like a metal plate on top of a speaker and somebody pours like salt or sand on top of the speaker and they turn on a frequency, a vibration. And what's really fascinating about it is that when the music sound, the frequency, the vibration comes on, it starts, the sand starts to shake and rattle and it kind of makes this chaotic pattern on the plate. But then when the, but then there gets to be this point where all of a sudden the sand starts to kind of shake itself into a place of order. And then eventually it sort of like snaps into this perfect pattern and this perfect grid of order. But as you dial the frequency up and you start to bring up the next level or the next frequency, the old pattern starts to really, really get distorted and shake itself up and then descend, you know, disintegrates into chaos. And slowly it starts to shake itself back into and sort of reorder itself. And then and and find its way into an even higher, more um, refined pattern or form and then snaps into that and suddenly reaches a place of stability. I believe that what is going on for us as a species is that we are between phases and we are phase shifting 
in consciousness from a very like two to, you know, like a very binary way of, you know, us versus them, black versus white, male versus female, um, you know, light versus dark, love versus hate, you versus me, scarcity versus poverty. What we are what we are doing is we are shifting out of this very binary way of looking at things and this I perception of ourselves as really separate into this different level of consciousness, which people talk about the ascension out of the 3D into the 5D um, and the capacity like we're shifting into a capacity to understand the both and of ourselves as in, as as completely interconnected and simultaneously sovereign. So long, long answer to a very Good. complicated question. No, that was but perfect. I really we're I believe that we are being invited to evolve and we are in the laboring birthing process. Mm-hmm. But as you very well know, birth is not easy. You know, pregnancy is not easy. And I mean, birthing is a messy painful, difficult process. And there's a lot between, you know, even, I mean, there's a lot between conception and holding that beautiful baby in your arms, but there's this thing called labor that goes on between it. And I really believe as a species, we're kind of in, I'm not sure. I I hope we're past the Braxton Hicks contractions at this point in (laughs) time, but I don't think we're in, I mean, the baby's not necessarily crowning at this we point. We still have some work to do. We got some work <laughs> yeah. to do. We yeah. got a ways to go. Yeah. And I believe that a lot of it and why also I think so many people are awakening to their empathic sensitivity is that we need to claim our sovereignty as a species and say no mas mm-hmm. to powers that try to dominate that try to control that mm-hmm. basically say you have no choice i get to do whatever i mm-hmm. want um and that we need to basically that people are being awakened to feeling the struggles and the suffering and the misery on this planet so that we can say this is not how we this is not what we are as a, as yeah. a species yeah. this is not who we are this is not what we're here to do mm-hmm. so you know and it's time for us to change yeah, no, you yeah. said it well. Like you said, this is in depth. It's hard to kind of, but that's a great yeah. way to say it and I understand it. And, you know, it's easy to understand. And, you know, everyone kind of says a similar thing, but I love hearing each person's take. And, like, you know, a lot of people will tap, you know, what if some, th- excuse me, some of the things your guides have said, that's always kind of cool. Um, you know, getting messages from other places, you know, higher developed beings. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I used to, at first I thought all this was like so stressful, but the more that I've grown in my spiritual journey and the more that I'm observing it, I see so much opportunity and it makes sense. And I think we're more prepared. Okay. Like this is the way it is. Each sector is getting hit, right? You know, homeschool, schooling is changing. It's not quite working. Our governments, what's going on in the Middle East right now with the women, this isn't working for us anymore. I mean, this is really good, but it's very chaotic in the midst of it, right? But it is very chaotic. Much opportunity for, you know, change and good, but it's not easy. (laughs) It is not easy. And so much of it is. I mean, I really believe one of the things I've seen again and again is that 
the, I mean, especially like, you know, the less, one of the biggest lessons from my perspective about the pandemic has been boundaries and sovereignty mm-hmm. and has been about you honoring your truth yes. and not acquiescing to the peer pressure and the social, you know, the, the social requirements. And it's, I mean, and it can go, you know, and I, and it can really go both ways. But one of the things that I kept seeing was I have, you know, working with a lot of very highly sensitive empathic people, they were the people who could really feel the danger, the diff, you know, mm-hmm. the peril of COVID and also could really feel kind of the impact of it. And were much more, many of my clients and, and, you know, and I will raise my hand and say myself included have been more cautious about it than other people. Mm -hmm. But what I noticed was that the pressure to act as if nothing is going on Mm -hmm. when you know instinctively in your body, something is going on Mm -hmm. has been a really powerful lesson for a lot of people. And for me, I would say the last, you know, three and a half years of my life have been very much about, really getting to a place where I am giving zero, zero F's what anybody else thinks about what I choose to do for myself. Like, it's kind of like, you know, and and, and ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. We have to honor ourselves and we have to honor our truth. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people have, I think a lot of people haven't. And then real, like, you know, I got a lot of pressure. I've lost friend through part of this. I mean, a lot, it's not unique. I know a lot of family members Mm -mm. and friendships have have dissolved and maybe they'll come back, but yeah, everyone's had their own experience, but I do think COVID really shook things up for people to, and also just forced us to like literally be at home and think about stuff. And, and then, you know, what's going on? There's something missing and each person has different extremes. Some could say it's conspiracy. Some could, you know, stuff has kind of come out and things have changed and we'll see with time. I think more will come out, but without getting into all that, I think, um, a lot of people, yeah, intuition's coming out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, uh, listening to yourself, honoring yourself and respecting other people's decisions. Maybe they're in this place and you're in this place. That's okay. Let's honor one another. It doesn't have to be me against you. No, it doesn't. Well, and we are being invited, you know, I mean, we've gotten so extremely polarized in terms of, you know, families, defying each other, fighting against each other. I do think that this is also 5,000 years of intergenerational trauma Mm -hmm. that is rising to the surface to be addressed and healed. And that we, um, we have been really good at compartmentalizing, at pushing down, at denying and ignoring. And there are, and as you were saying, you know, the thing that makes this time, I think, unique compared to many other times is that it's sort of like, we've kind of got it coming, you know, it's like firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. We've got stuff going on in every different yep. aspect. We've got the, all the isms are up. And, and the cadence of know, it, it's like, there's no break. There's always like there's no natural break. disaster. And supply. we also have social media yeah. and information where, you know, when I was a kid, you, you know, the newspaper came in in the morning and in the evening and the evening news and the morning news was on. And maybe if you stayed up for the late news, but there were three sections of the day, maybe. And then I think they might've brought in lunchtime news at some point later, but it was sort of like you had like three, you know, two 
two to four times a day where you had access to information about what was going on in the world and it was broadcast. You couldn't stream it. You couldn't rewind it. You just got the information and you went on with your day. And now it's like all anybody needs to do is pick up their phone and you know what is going on. You can know what is going on all over the planet and you are getting real time updates of everything constantly. We as a species are not made yes. for this level of information we are not made to be processing mm-hmm. this much information we we really are designed for a much less like i mean yes we are all interconnected but in terms of our little corner of the world mm-hmm. i really do believe we are supposed to be focusing on our little sure. corner of the world yeah. not mass and, and not feeling responsible for fixing absolutely everything yes. that is going on 24 seven. I cannot, yeah. I, I've literally said that before on the show. And I was saying that to my parents last night, I had dinner with them. I couldn't agree more. Our ancestors didn't have things bombarding every second of the day. It's just too much for our, our emotional state, our nervous system. To t- I mean, why do you think people are so stressed and, and divisive against one another? It's too much to take. It's just it is simply too, too much, much to take. And I think a it lot of people too much to take. I have filtered out and don't really watch. I don't watch the news at all. Mm-hmm. Of course, I get it because I'm living in this world. I get it on social media. I hear it from friends. My husband right. looks at the news and tells me things. But then I have to often tell him, stop. It's too much for me. But um, I think a lot more people than I've ever heard before are saying, like, I don't watch the news anymore, too. I think people finally really seeing the fear-based. It's too much. It's too redundant. It's fine if you want to check in here and there. But... This is just, and, and also, like we just said, the cadence, there's just no break anymore. It's just too much. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So this is now a good segue into, okay, great. We kind of know what's going on. We're aware of it. It's too much. I think a lot of people can agree mm-hmm. um, with that. What do we do? <laughs> How do we well, have so boundaries? You, you actually just gave one of the pieces of the answer, the information, which is that we need to curate our exposure to mm. the things that we can curate our exposure to. That, um, you know, we we really need to be mindful of when we're indulging in misery porn and when we are putting ourselves in a situation where we are 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 like engaging with Mm. stuff that is not serving us. And I believe that anything is really important. You're going to know that in the day, in this day and age, unless you're off grid and you are living in the woods and making a choice to do that, which then it's like, do you really need to know? Not necessarily. Um, But for the rest of us, I really believe that even if you are not watching the news, you learn what's important. You get that information. I, so I also, I'm very mindful of, of curating my exposure to the news. I will sometimes watch if there's something that feels particularly relevant or important that I want to know about. But aside from that, I do not just watch the news for the sake of watching the news because I can easily spin out and find myself kind of going down these rabbit holes. And so curating what we're being exposed to. And this is about, you know, this is about 
what kind of media are we exposing ourselves? Who are we following in social media? Who are we engaging with? And how are we engaging with people? And I think that while we are being invited to see the interconnections with between ourselves and other people, I also do believe that this is a time where we're also being given the opportunity to choose and who do we want to be associating with and who is like who are the non like who are the non-negotiables who are the people who you know talk to the hand that we need that we're worthy of setting boundaries and setting limits and being like you are not my bff you are you know like you do not you are not looking out for my best interests so you know, the boundaries of what works for us as individuals is, and I think, an incredibly important thing. And I want to also say that there are degrees of boundaries in terms of circumstances makes a huge difference about what level of sort of insulation you can have from the world. And so each one of us is going to have a slightly different experience with that. And what I would say is look at what you can curate and go from that, you know, even things like making the decision to, if you have had a long stressful week, maybe going to the grocery store on Friday night, um, you know, sort of just after rush hour traffic, when everybody is in the, you know, like in Manhattan or something where everybody's at the grocery store, don't go there little buckaroo. Mm -hmm. Like, make like be mindful and aware of your own energy and don't put yourself in situations that is going to over, you know, cause your already overstimulated nervous system to be more overstimulated. Um, So that level of boundary, I think is incredibly, incredibly important for ourselves. Like just that basic, like, okay, I get to decide, I get to curate, I get to choose. The other thing that I think is really important is cultivating. And at first it's probably going to be just sort of cognitive, but starting to work with pulling yourself out of over-identifying with things that you are not experiencing. And I've been talking a lot about this lately, where when the war broke out in Ukraine, I really found myself doing classic empath stuff where I was imagining myself fleeing the city with my cats and a carrier and my dog on a leash. And I was so, I mean, I was beside myself. I was like, you know, like, I mean, I had my little wheelie bag, like I had the entire thing in my head and it was like this visceral visual experience of myself going through it. And it took me to go back up, Mm -hmm. Jen, you are not there. You are not going through this experience. You are safely in a very stable part of the on the, on the planet, a very stable part of the world. Your cats are fine. Your dog is fine. Your, your family, you know, your family is fine. Your, your, husband is fine. Like everything's okay. You're okay. You're not there. Let's have compassion for the people who are and pull back out of and, and empathy for the people who are and pull out of this empathic overwhelm. That's got you thinking that you're spinning out and experiencing this because honey, you ain't. And so sometimes I know for myself that a way part of getting out of this is 
is kind of like a little bit of a, a kind of a reality check for myself and a little bit of tough love, just basically being like, you know what? I hear that you're feeling all of this intensity. This is not yours. Mm-hmm. And this indulgence is not going to serve you. And so instead of focusing on all the distress, there's two things I tend to focus on, which is gratitude for the truth of what my life is and really appreciating instead of feeling guilty for having privilege, instead of feeling like just any kind of confusion about why am I lucky and they are not. I don't know why I am lucky and they are not. I just, you know, and, and, and I don't need to know, but I can be deeply grateful for my situation and my circumstances. And then the other thing is to really ask myself, what, is there anything I can actually do? Can I donate money to this cause? Can I write to, you know, an organization or, um, you know, powers that be admit, you know, politicians, administrators, whatever. Is there any action I can take Mm -hmm. that I can, that I can be, you know, that I can be proactive about this instead of just feeling helpless and despairing. So I think gratitude and action are two things that can really help us and make a really big difference for us. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The over-identifying, I think I've done, I do that too. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's it can get it's, dangerous because you go down a hole and. Oh my God. I mean, it is, it is so, I mean, and then the capacity for empaths to awfulize and perseverate and just imagine like worst case scenarios. Yeah. And the thing is, it does not serve. I mean, one of the things about us as empaths, and I think right, right now, especially is that many of us are more tuned into the pain that is going on on the planet than the ecstasy, the joy, the love that is going on in the planet. And we have a capacity to feel the joy as well as the Mm -hmm. pain. It's just that as a society, and I think as a species, we're much more oriented towards paying attention to pain. I mean, the saying, what is it? It's the squeaky wheel that gets the oil that there's that we're very tuned into that and not necessarily tuned into the joy and the wonderful stuff that is going on. There's one other thing that I really love to do when I'm sort of noticing that I'm in kind of like empathic turbulence is I put my hands and this is really one of the very first steps, you know, the first step of recognize, but it's just, I put my hands on my heart and I just ask myself the question, is this mine? Mm. And when I ask that question, I would say that nine times out of 10, the answer is both yes and that some of it is yours, a lot of it is not yours, or a lot of it is yours and some of it isn't. And then once I have that understanding of like what part is mine, then I can address the, you know, the the memory um, from when I was five and I didn't get picked for the basketball team or the, you know, the the awareness of something going on in my ancestral line that is in, you know, that is affecting me right now, like memories, you know, maybe it was like a relative who died, you know, like a relative who witnessed people dying in the Spanish flu outbreak of Mm -hmm. 1917 or something. Um, One, that's my job. I get to work on those pieces, but my other job is to release and to let go of the things that are not mine. And so some of my favorite things are one is just the classic Polish statement, not my circus, not my monkeys. Mm, And really reminding myself like not my circus, not my monkeys. Empaths are 
I mean, in general, we have a we have a habit of wanting to jump in and rescue, which is and there's a really good reason for that, which is that when we don't have mastery over our own nervous system and when our nervous system is dysregulated, we want to fix the external world so that we are not feeling as much distress. Mm -hmm. And so we are inclined to want to rush into rescue because we feel better when other people feel better. If we don't know how to sit with discomfort for ourselves, then it becomes unbearable to sit with discomfort for other people. So for me, you know, that step of just what's mine, what's not mine, and then recognizing the parts that are not mine, offering them back, you know, just giving them, just surrendering them back to the universe. And I will say, instead of saying, I send this back to whoever, wherever it came, because I don't know if it's supposed to go back there, I will basically put my hands over my heart and say, you know, I release that which no longer serves me um, and send it to where it belongs. Mm. So, you know, just, I send this, I send what no longer serves me back to where it belongs. I send it to where it belongs. And I find that is really, really helpful. So these are definitely, and I also say that in the same way that the first question or some of the, you know, what, why are we going through what we're going through is a huge, huge, huge question. I wrote a 380 page book about navigating all of the ins and outs of how we work with being as sensitive as we are, because it is not, it is definitely a process, not a pill. And most of us have been, you know, like cult, like getting to this level of sensitivity over a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so it's not necessarily going to be like one or two quick, easy answers from a podcast that is going to make it all better. It is a process. Mm -hmm. It is a journey. And in the same way that as we are, in my experience with healing and when, when I'm working with EFT, I'm often gauging the progress by taking what's called a SUDS, subjective units of distress, which is like between, on a scale of zero to 10, mm-hmm. how intense does this feel? Zero being no feeling at all and 10 being the most extreme you've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm constantly doing that. And what I've noticed again and again and again is that the way that SUDS works is that somebody might start at like a 10 or, a, you know, a nine and eight, a seven. And then the next time we do a little bit of clearing work, it doesn't go down to zero. What happens is it goes from the 10 to maybe a seven. And then, you know, we do a little bit more work and it goes from that seven, maybe down to like a five and a half. And they realize that there's this thing that's making it really sticky. Um, and so then we we look at that and it goes from the five and a half down to maybe a three. And then from that three, it goes down to like a two. And then it goes down to like a one or a one and a half. And slowly, we gradually shift things to the point where the charge is completely taken out of something. But it's not like flipping a switch where it's like one minute you're feeling misery and the next you're feeling completely fine. It is generally that we gradually make incremental process towards our healing, towards our shifts, towards our our sovereignty and our autonomy and our resilience. And so a lot of times as humans, I think we tend to get really discouraged when it's not all better, but it is very much a gradual incremental progress, our process where we make little bits of progress 
And the thing is finding ways to track it enough so that we can celebrate our progress as opposed to constantly just being like, well, I'm still feeling this thing mm-hmm. and just really honor that. Yeah. 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 Those are great um, ideas and tips, the boundaries, the what is mine was not. And then I, I've been doing that too, just if I'm laying awake at night and I'm thinking about stuff and I, you know, I'm just like, this is too much for me to hold. And I just, I release it out and I say, this is too much for me to hold. I'd like to release it back out to the universe. And, and, you know, that's a nice touch to, you know, wherever it belongs, but, um, energy movement, we can all do that. You can go to people to help you do it. I've done that, you know, mediums and Reiki, but you can also do it within yourself. We can always do, we always have the ability to tap into ourself. Um, and then, yeah, I, I know before we run out of time, I wanted to make sure we talked about your book. So I'm glad you broke that or brought that up. It's exciting. Jennifer was telling me that um, today of all days, which is perfect for the podcast, um, it's her three year anniversary of releasing the book. And gosh, yes. what a perfect time to have a book like this. It's probably no mistake that you wrote it during this time. So. Well, and, you know, I started, they started telling me I needed to write a book back in, I mean, I think it was like 2013, 2000, and maybe even 2012 when they first started, you and know, you're being saying your like, guides, right? My guides. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I often refer to them as them. Yeah. Um, a lot of people guides, say their guides tell them to write books. So I, I had a feeling, yeah. but just for people. Oh yeah, they know. do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first, the working title was originally the care and feeding of your psychic self living in a muggle world world and just sort of that idea of like how do we navigate a world that does not understand us and you know one of my sayings is like don't judge your your empathic rainbow by colorblind standards it's like do not let people who do not feel what we feel set the default for what is acceptable Mm. because we see more we feel more we experience more we have an understanding of, of of subtlety that the that that has not been consensus And so I've been very much like, no, we are the ones who get to redefine the rainbow and not try to fit, you know, like it's like we bring a much more diverse and interesting spectrum to the experience. So um, the book started sort of as a as a as a dream, as an idea. And over the course of a number of years, I started teaching the system that is in the book. Interestingly, like the five step system kind of appeared in my brain. Like it was one of those, I don't know if I was in the shower, you know, in the shower, driving, walking down a corridor in a hotel or in, I think a hotel bathroom (laughs) at a conference that I was at when I basically got the five steps Mm. where they just gave me like, these are the things. Now I had been living with the five steps and working with them myself for many many years but then all of a sudden it was like it was like whole cloth just handed Mm. to me like here's this information and I got the download so the book is basically the first part of the book is all about what is an empath why are we this way what are the ramifications of this I talk about things like mirror neurons and ancestral inherited trauma and just explaining a bunch of different theories so that it's really like okay so this is what this is about so for the people who like to understand the why the first part of the book is the why and the what the second part of the book which is the longer part of the book is the five-step system of recognize release protect 
connect and act. Mm. And that really goes into depth about how to work with all of these different steps and how to use them. So the first part of the book is the what and the the what and the why. The second part of it is the how. Mm-hmm. How do you do this? And with that, you know, recognize and the reason why and this is something that I discovered is that one of the solutions that is frequently offered to highly sensitive people is to just put some kind of bubble of protection up around us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. And the reason that it doesn't work is that if you have already absorbed a lot of intensity, a lot of emotional distress and a lot of negativity, putting a bubble of light up around you is kind of like putting your already distressed energy system into a into a pressure cooker. Mm. It is not going to. And if anything, that ball of light will actually make you feel more distressed because it's containing something inside of you. And because you're already carrying that kind of toxic intensity and and distress, it compromises your filters and shields from the inside out. So it, it means, so you can rarely, so it's kind of like, you're constantly feeling like I'm constantly putting this up. Why is it constantly feeling falling down? Or why do I feel like I've got holes just getting blasted through it? So what I realized was that in order to do this work, we cannot start with protect. Mm -hmm. We absolutely must first recognize we're an empath, then recognize that we're feeling something, then start asking the question, is this mine? And then asking the questions, what's mine? What's not mine? Discerning this. And then from there, starting to do the really deep sort of, you know, investigative detective work of like, um, you know, what is, why am I feeling this way? What is this about? Where is this coming from? Um, and really just starting to like peel away the layers of it. And then from that, once we have a sense of it, we can recognize it, then we can release the distress mm-hmm. because the thing is, if we're not releasing the distress, it's like the way I think of it is it's like a bathtub where somebody like, you know, took a bath, doesn't drain the bathtub, just leaves it filled with water. You can pull the shower curtain around that all the time, but Mm. you pull that shower curtain back and unless you got a leaky drain, you're going to come back with stinky, dirty water. And so we must drain the bathtub. We must release the energy before we then can put up the filters and shields. So that's why recognize and release must proceed protect. Mm -hmm. Then we start working with protect, which is about putting up the filters and shields, strengthening maybe an aura and an energy body that's never been fully, you know, fully protected. But also it's about strategic boundaries. It's about the no. It's about curating the media exposure. It's about choosing whose text messages do we respond to. If you get, you have a family member that's prone to histrionics and a lot of drama and they are constantly texting you at like 10 o'clock at night with like the woes of their life you get to decide not to respond to that. And so, you know, boundaries is as much a part of protect as the energetic side of it. Then connect is really about the universe abhors a vacuum. And if we're going to 
not just fall back into the habits of like carrying around all the negativity. We need to connect with something greater than that. And so for me, it's about connecting with a power greater than myself. Um, I am personally very much a blessed mother follower, which from the look of you, of your tattoo, I'm imagining you are as well. Even though I'm not Catholic, but I love religious. I'm not Catholic either, but I am an absolute devotee of our blessed mother. And, um, and mm-hmm. actually pray the rosary on a regular basis, which I find to be a spectacular well, a, way to she, connect with her. Uh, like a master guide for some. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she, she is, I mean, she is just, she was one of the manifestations of the divine on this earth mm. and she really, and she's just so generous, like, you know, um, Uh, And, but however you experience divine source, whatever that experience is, it could be just the universal force of love. It's about connecting to something greater than ourselves. And it's about plugging into the joy and the delight and the wonderful things, as opposed to continuously focusing on the negative things. You know, it's kind of basic law of attraction. What you focus on is what you increase and you expand. And then finally, ACT is all about how do we live in a new and different way and in a way that both supports ourselves and also supports other people. And so it's really about being mindful of our choices, our actions, the way we move through the world and doing things in a better way. So that's the book. And, uh, and I am so grateful. I'm so grateful that I listened to my guides and I got it like, and I got it out the door, you know, basically like, I mean, the book, the book launched on October 1st of 2019 Mm. and by March of 2020, the entire world had flipped upside down. Like I'm just so grateful that I listened and that I got the book done before everything spun out Mm -hmm. because I think it would have been much harder for me to have finished the book Mm. once we were in the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm so glad you got it out there and listened to that um, inner, you know, wisdom, but also to your guides. So thank you. And I uh, encourage people to check it out. Of course, we'll put, links to your website and uh, you know the book name in our description because what like I said what a better time yeah um you know if you want to explore just your personal empathetic woes or gifts but also just what's going on in the world and how to cope it's just people like you and and books like that what a wonderful tool to help all of us sort through all this and I'm a big fan of a um, the white light of protection around, but I, I did yeah. recently also learn like from another guest, like I love it's simple, like ground release, protect and, and make exactly. sure that you're exactly, you know, with the energy, but um, we could all use those tools in, in this crazy world. So exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. So thank you for the, writing that book and thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for being on the show and explaining all this. Oh. It's a lot to take in, but like you said, it's not like this podcast is, going to like be the only, you just listen and you're fixed, but one more tool, one more, maybe this is just help one One person just kind of something registered and I'm not alone. I'm feeling this way. And there's some ways I can, you know, sort through this crazy world. Like I hope that's why I do this. And, um, I just think it, 
you know, there's a lot of potential and, and a lot of healing happening right now. And people like you that can help, um, can mm-hmm. people, uh, contact you? Do you do one-on-one work like mentoring? I do do one-on work and mentoring. Okay. And I also, I, I, you know, I sort of have a spectrum of support, you know, there's, I have a free Facebook group okay. that people can join and I offer monthly masterclasses on the full mm-hmm. moon there. Okay. You know, there's like, you know, go right now. I mean, I don't know when this will be released, but at this very moment, there's a special birthday sale going on for the book so you can get it. But, you know, normally the ebook is nine ninety nine. Um, I also have a podcast mm. called the empathic mastery show, because I do think that podcasts are an incredibly effective way to get a lot of really valuable information. And uh, so, you know, like listen to podcasts and, the thing is, there's so many resources and availability mm. now for stuff. But, yeah. you know, to find me, the bottom line is go over to empathicmastery.com and it will lead you to all the things, the work with me, the learn about the groups, the, you know, the tra- EFT trainings, the Empathic Mastery Academy, which has just gone live recently. So it's going to be a while before doors open again for EMA. But, um, you know, that is my group program that people can join and it's lifetime access so that once you start, you can keep on doing the rounds again and again with me. And uh, I also do very, very sort of high touch VIP one-on-one mentoring with my, you know, and, and a special, special subset of those people are my fairy godmother apprentices who are Mm. the people who I am teaching how to take this work and be a glorious fairy godmother in the world. So Lauren, thank you so much for having me today. This conversation's just been delicious. I loved it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It feels perfect timing. So, mm-hmm. and I hope everybody enjoyed it and, and, you know, it spoke to you and you learned something and you're thinking and just hang in there. We're in this together. Remember, we are you are not together. alone. We are not yeah. alone. This is a collective experience. So, we've got each other's back and sending good vibes to everybody. So, thank you for listening. 